Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Because this is a wild ride. 
nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. Uh, in, in American history, I'll tell you. 
Um, we do have a huge show tonight. Um, first of all, I want the fan base and the ratings keep growing. We keep getting more and more uh, people uh, to it, tuning in. Uh, it's getting, and I appreciate you all. And I want, and I make it my duty uh, every show to thank all my listeners. I want to thank my advertisers. Um, I believe I have my co-host on the line, Josh. What's going on? How's it going? How's it going? Good man. Good to have you. Um, how was your Fourth of July? It was uh, it was awesome. Got to see some family I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, you know, just cast that back and and like you were saying, you know, reveled in the you know it's a, it's kind of a yearly time to revel in the fact that, that you know there's a lot of people that uh, have uh, died to give me the freedom that I have. So um, you know, never uh, exactly. never take it for granted. Exactly. You think about all of the deaths and all of the you know uh, soldiers that uh, sacrificed themselves for you know for us. It's unbelievable. It's it's truly a remarkable thing, and um, you know t- today's show is a big one. Though uh, we have criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, political strategist, lobbyist, constitutional expert, and best-selling author David Shostokis will be calling in. The leader of Blacks for Trump will be calling in. Um, the, we also have foreign policy analysis, oil and natural gas investor, best-selling author, entrepreneur, radical Islam expert, and contributor to the Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Live Zet, Daily Surge, and The Hill. Dan Perkins will be calling in tonight. Um, so we are very excited to be talking to him and uh, all, of, all of our guests, actually. We have three big guests coming on. I want to get to our opening topic, though, Josh. You know, the Supreme Court thing. What a huge victory. I mean, yesterday was absolutely – it was remarkable. I mean, we – Trump, you know, made the perfect choice. Uh, you know, the, the, guy, the guy he picked is 100% conservative. You know, we have, we're on offense. You know, this will uh, lead us to uh, – this will help us and lead us to so many great things for generations to come. And it's so pivotal and so um, – I mean, just the, the significance of this. I hope people really understand how grateful conservatives should be. I mean, that yesterday was an unbelievable day for the conservative party. I mean, we are – this is – it's amazing. It really is. No, you're, you're, ab- you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know – like I do nobody, see, nobody um, should take this for granted. Nobody should take no, this. Like this not. is something that people should be, especially the conservatives, beyond thankful for, especially the voters. Yeah, and I, you know, the best part about, uh, you know, this pick was that it seems that he, you know, he 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 gets a lot of like from both sides for the most part because he interprets the law correctly, um, and you know so. And in, in some cases, he has sided with Democrats before, but it was in situations where that's what the law said. So, I mean, that was my, from the very beginning, that I wanted somebody that was going to side with, uh, you know, with the way the law was supposed to be um, enforced. So I'm, I'm excited. I think it was a good pick. Uh, obviously, time yeah. will tell. Um, but the more I hear, the, be- you know, the, the better I feel. And here, here's the thing. You know, the guy's background is absolutely incredible. I mean, you you couldn't have a better resume or a better, uh, you know, I mean, the guy, Harvard, uh, every, you know, every credential in the book, even people on the left are, 
you know, some of them are having a hard time arguing uh, how great this pick is. So, you know, you have even and a lot of moderates excited about it. So, you know, it, 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 there's nothing, there's no dirt on this on this on this uh, new Supreme Court pick. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's just there's nothing they can get him on. I mean, this guy is as clean as can be, and he's had a very successful career. And he's going to be just like Neil Gorsuch, just as successful, just as, uh, you know, uh, pivotal and significant. Um, we've seen the great job Neil Gorsuch has done in a year. I mean, we're, we're doing good things. And, and, and the fact that Anthony Kennedy retired at this moment, like at this time, like right before the midterms, wow. I mean, this is like the best timing for conservatives. Like we are so lucky. No, you're. I mean, you're absolutely right. And you know, we have uh, specifically in Ohio, we have some special elections coming up here on August seventh, and that's you know yeah. these special elections that are happening are very pivotal uh, for these midterms yeah. coming into November. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and, and as well as you know, this this Supreme Court pick is huge to push those numbers our way. It brings momentum to voters. Vote now, conservative voters even get more excited. And there's going to be more of a turnout because of the Supreme Court majority. This gets people so ramped up. You know what I mean? No, I mean absolutely. And it's that's this is the way it is. You know, once it's they're falling like dominoes. It's, I mean, you know, it's so much winning. It's almost too much winning. It feels a little unreal. Way too much winning. <laughs> way too much winning, Josh. Way too much winning right now, buddy. I mean, I I'll have to tell you. Pretty soon, I'll get tired of all the winning. Or you know, or I'm you know it's it's every single day we're winning a new delivery, a new promise from uh, Donald J. Trump. I do want to welcome on the line our other co-host, uh, international security expert, radical Islam expert, best-selling author, entrepreneur, a lobbyist, works in D.C. Valerie Greenfeld, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me on the show. I've been listening yep. for the last few minutes, and I wanted yep. to make two comments. Um, one is that, you know, people forget, especially on the left, that this is not a political appointment. This is an appointment um, that, that Trump has made because he believes in the Constitution. And they're, they're not supposed to be legislating um, from the bench. And I think the left yeah. often forgets that. And the first thing they point to is abortion and that everything's going to be, Roe v. Wade's going to be overturned and mass hysteria. And really, you know, oh, I hope it of, is. Purpose, I, hope, I hope it does. We'll get, we'll get into that later, but keep, keep going. The purpose of this appointment is to get back to the, the roots of our country, to get back to interpreting the law via the Constitution. And I think liberals sometimes forget that that's the point of, of law, and, and it's not a political uh, strategy to get, you know, one up on your oppo opponent. And um, and I think that's an important point that a lot of people kind of forget because they get all involved in the po politics of it all. And Valerie, you're absolutely right. You bring up a great point with the liberals and the leftists. Like immediately, even before Trump made the announcement, who he's picking, they're going, they're make jumping to conclusions and making all of these things up in their head, and they're going and crazy and rampage about Roe versus Wade. I mean. They don't even know what's going to happen, and they're already like guessing it. I mean, it's just—it's ridiculous. And well, I want to—I well, want to play I'm a worried. clip. What? Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, yeah, you go I ahead, Josh. Say, they were they were they were protesting outside the White House hours before he even made his pick. They didn't care yeah. who it was. They just didn't like it because Trump was yeah. picking them. Here, right. I want to play a clip. It's politics first. Yeah, I want to play a clip of Crazy Bernie with the crowd outside oh, the White House yesterday. Yo, let's go. Let's do it. Here we go. Thank you. Threatening violence. Are you ready to defend Roe versus Wade? Are you ready to tell the Supreme Court that we think it's absurd that they give constitutional rights to billionaires to buy elections? Jesus. Yeah, Roe versus Wade. And they're in for everything that's on. They don't have the constitutional right to control their own bodies. Jesus. Are you ready to tell the Supreme Court that we are not going to eliminate pre-existing sedition protection? Look, I am not going to kid anybody. This is a tough fight, but it is a fight that we can win. When communism of the American people support Roe versus Wade, when people support protection for pre-existing rights, when people support environmental protection and workers' rights, We have the American people on our side. Now we've got to go state by state by state to make sure that senators do what their constituents want. This is a tough fight, but if we stand together, we're going to win. Thank you. I mean, I could barely hear anything the guy was saying, but what a nut job. Basically, he's calling for violence. And, I mean, what he's always what Bernie preaches is communism. And, I mean, it's just sick. Without, without, I mean, right away, the Democrats are oppositional. That's just the way they work these days. And like mm-hmm. I said before, there has not been a worthy uh, Democrat, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, you know, that has been honest and worthy uh, since JFK, I mean, we ha- we haven't seen those kind of conservative Democrats. They're all radical leftists. I mean, it's nuts. Go ahead. I agree with you. And the thing that the thing is, is this guy running for office again? I mean, isn't he like almost ninety or something? He's I like mean, eighty. He, I don't know was, how. I don't know. Yeah, I he don't was know speaking like he was running for office again. I mean, and and he's acting like. You know, this our side is going to win, and our you know our side. Well, what about the American side? I mean, isn't that what the Supreme Court's supposed to be about? It's supposed to be the people, the um, laws for the people, everybody. We don't have to be dividing our country all the time. Absolutely, one hundred percent. 
I want to welcome my guests. Uh, uh, we have criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, political strategist, lobbyist, constitute. Or is this? Is, am, am I speaking to Dan or am I speaking to David Chistokis? No, this is Dave. At the moment, maybe you got them okay. both. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I think I have Dan and. I think I have Dan and David on the line. So I'm going to introduce David, criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor, political strategist, lobbyist, constitutional expert, and best-selling author David Shostokis is with us right now. We also have foreign policy analysis, oil and natural gas investor, best-selling author, entrepreneur, radical Islam expert, and the contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Lazette, Daily Surge, and The Hill, Mr. Dan Perkins. How are you, both of you? Good, thank you. Terrific. Excellent to have you both on. Um, we were just talking about, obviously, uh, the Supreme Court. Um, it's a, a huge victory for generations to come for conservatives. Uh, it, it, I, I don't think enough people, you know, uh, they, they, only the serious people that are involved in politics and are really true conservatives understand the importance, significance and how pivotal, you know, this is. I mean, this, this really sets us up uh, for so much. I mean, we get the majority. We get uh, – I mean, we're, the, we're, we're, the, we're superior uh, in terms of, you know, uh, the liberals are not going to get any of their agenda done. I mean, we have the Supreme this – is, this gives more momentum to voters, uh, especially conservatives in the midterms. And we see a red wave coming, boom. I mean, what do the Democrats have left? Uh, D- D- David, I want to start with you, then I want to go to Dan. Well, certainly it, it would be clear that they don't have much left. Uh, we, we certainly, uh, certainly the reaction to uh, you know, the generic nominee, uh, the fact that they had that whole situation where it was just a fill-in-the-blank uh, situation where they were going to complain about whomever it was because they didn't know whose name it was, and it was a fill-in-the-blank press release indicates that uh, they, they just they, they have no policy issues. All they have is resist issues. And of course, what what they're so upset about is the fact that they've never been able to enact any agenda uh, through the legislative process. They've always wanted to, always had to uh, resort to the uh, resort to the courts. And now the courts uh, are going to uh, really uh, act like like judges rather than yep. like legislators. And uh, we, and I think that's what has everybody so upset. They've lost their they've lost their outlet to impose uh, impose the agenda. And you, you know what I observe, and you know what I see is that the the the, the, the pick of Neil Gorsuch was absolutely phenomenal, and the pick of uh, uh, Kavanaugh yesterday was a, a fantastic pick. You, there is nothing there. This guy is as clean as it gets. This guy has the background of everything possible. He went to Harvard. I mean, he's got a long resume. He was very, very impressive, uh, you know, was totally worthy of the job. So there's nothing, uh, you know, the Democrats will try to say something bad, but there's really no dirt they can find on him. I mean, there, I don't see any reason why uh, he wouldn't be confirmed. I mean, if we had uh, the law of the – I think pretty much all the Republicans are with him. Um, you know, I, I don't yes, know. Even, uh, even, even, even John McCain, uh, John, John McCain, McCain came out today. You and I talked about that. Yeah. And I was surprised he came out so quick. Um, but I, I just see, um, you know, just, just, a, I really, I really see that 
you know, what are they going to do with it? They're not going to get anything on this guy. Like, if they purposely try to maliciously, uh, you know, block him from getting in, this will affect the Democrats in the midterms. This will badly affect – if they're smart, they will let him in because, you know, it's not – you know, the playing the oppositional uh, victim stance, uh, you know, the resist card, it's not working for him. And it didn't work for him in 2016. We saw it. Uh, but, Dan, please go ahead. Well, I wrote about this last week before he even knew who the nominee was. And uh, I, I, I just want to make two points. Uh, I made did several, you predict Kavanaugh? First points. of all, did you predict Kavanaugh? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't predict Supreme Court nominees. I don't do that. I predict okay. Hillary running for president in 2020, which you we talked right. about yesterday. And, and that's, that's what came out this weekend. My wife said, didn't you talk about that months ago? I said, yes. They just finally you got did on my it. show months but, ago, and I, and, I thought, and I thought you were crazy, and now it's all coming out that she's probably going to run. So I give so much credit to you, and I, on the air, say I'm sorry, and you were right, Dan Perkins. <laughs> well, you were really pissed at me at that particular time when I made it. You were like, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so let's get back to this. So last yeah. week, here's two pieces of reality at least from my perspective, my reality, I should say. Um, the Democrats have picked the wrong fight. And what I mean that they've picked the wrong fight is that this guy is a replacement for Kennedy. About 75% of the time, Kennedy voted with the conservative side, about 25% uh, on the liberal side. Uh, yeah. This guy is not going to do that. He's going to he's going to write he's going to he's going real to quick, primarily Dan, fall towards Dan real quick. You know what I see real quick. I just want to tell you what I see and what I what I'm observing from this. Real quick, just to pause you. I see a Justice Scalia curriculum uh right back in the court system as of now with the pick of Neil Gorsuch and of Kavanaugh yesterday. Uh two of the best picks uh you know I I think you could have ever done. Go ahead though, finish. Yeah. So the point is, that when I say that the Democrats are fighting the wrong battle, because the net, the, I believe Mr. Trump will have at least one more before he finishes his second term, maybe two. And my guess is that the, the most likely person to leave next Ginsburg. is probably going to be Ruth Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Now, yep. why, why is that important? Because – if Ginsburg is replaced with a with a conservative, then it's six three, not five four. It's six three. But why is it important with Ginsburg? Because when our nominee goes before the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I believe all is that that uh, Chairman Grassley will have the first questions, and then it will go to potentially it should go to the ranking. Democratic member. Now, we saw last night exactly what the Democrats are going to do. They're going to make it about Roe versus Wade and all of these issues. And I can't what, wait to get into that. What, what he's, what I, if I were advising him, when he, when, if it's Chuck Schumer or whoever it is that says, so, uh, Mr. Designate, uh, will you overturn Roe versus Wade? Please, his please answer do. should You're be really. his answer should be the Ginsburg answer. 
when she was going through the confirmation process in the court and through the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee, when anybody, Democrat or Republican, asked her about a specific issue, she said, I refuse to answer your question because I do not want to prejudice myself the court. Once he does that the first time, the rest of the Democrats are shut down. They have nothing to ask him. They cannot go to their social agenda and say, would you overturn abortion? Would you do this? Anything on, anything that would require the Supreme Court, whether it's Obamacare, whatever it is, to act, he will use the Ginsburg answer if he's being coached properly, which means that the Democrats are basically toast. And so they're going to waste all of this energy and time on a candidate that's going to be confirmed and probably be confirmed by anywhere between three and five Democrats, Democrats, in addition to the full Republicans. So he's going to win 55 to 45, maybe 56 to 44. So I don't see this happen. I don't see a problem. And and if he does, if he takes the Ginsburg approach of how he answers the first question, and the first question that any Congress or any senator raises an issue that could come before the court, like Roe versus Wade, and he gives the Ginsburg answer, that's going to be his answer every time somebody from the Democratic Party asks to try and do how he would vote on a particular issue. The, Congre- the Constitution clearly does not indicate a litmus test for members of the Supreme Court. And we do not want to have litmus tests for, for Supreme Court justices who are under the review process because where do you stop the litmus test? It doesn't stop. So they're wasting their time, and, and what's going to happen is that they're going to be very vicious, and that's going to work against the Democratic Party. You had Dick Durbin last, late last week saying, these are my words, Democratic incumbent senators should take the bullet that they will probably be, especially in red states, not reelected, but they should vote against this nomination. It's a wasted vote, and they're, 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 they're willing to give control to the court by trying to force Democrats to vote Democrat, which is not enough to change it. One last point. What we are seeing here, and, this, and I think this is very, very important. Nobody else is talking about this yet. What we are seeing here is the reversal of the Democratic agenda for the last 40 years. We are right. beginning Absolutely. to unwind. Pardon? And I was talking, you know, I was talking earlier Absolutely. about, you know, Dan, Dan, what you're referring to in a sense of how it's changed. And I even posted on social media today. We haven't had a a Democrat that's been good or worthy since JFK. And the it's mm-hmm. today. It's all about radicalization. It's, it's so far left. It's it's not even uh, it's not even human in a sense. It's uh, Totally, total communism, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I've been I have saying all along, written many many times, is that the Democrats controlled the Hill, whether or not they controlled the Hill. And right. what happened was there was a playbook of how Republicans, even in power, were supposed to act with Democrats. And the Democrats were the people who were in control of the agenda, control of the House and Senate. We saw we saw last week when President when when Kennedy resigned, what Chuck Schumer came out, and this is part of the, my article, he demanded, he demanded, he used the word I demand. Well, if you're the minority party, you don't demand. But because of the arrogance of the Democrats, which has been around for a long time, he was demanding. And uh, and, and Mitch McConnell said, I'm sorry, but we're going to vote this gentleman in. And before the midterm elections, the, the midterm election issue was a disastrous decision because – I believe, as you said earlier in the program, there's a red wave coming. They're going to lose more seats in the House, and they're going to lose at least five seats in the Senate. And the reason, and the Why? reason I say that, and the reason I, a reason I bring that up is because they're repeating the definition of insanity. They're doing the same thing they did in 2016. They're being hostile. They're being violent. They're being threatening. They're being ignorant. They're being arrogant. They're being all these different things. And how did that work for them? Donald Trump won. They're repeating. They're repeating. There's nothing new with what's going on. But there is something new. 85% of Americans, based on a Rasmussen survey, said they are proud to be Americans. And the ec- right. economy is booming. People are going back to work. They're putting money no, in talk- their pockets from welfare checks. I understand, but, but th- this, this is new because in the 2016 election, we were in the last year of the Obama administration. And we yeah. were told the best was behind us. Trump would, would never be able to bring the the GDP above 3%, the jobs were gone, they're never coming back. It was a very negative time, very negative. So what's different this time is that the Republicans are in power, the Republicans have backbone, and the economy is working for the Democrat, against the Democrats and for the Republicans. Oh, absolutely, One, without, without a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt about it, and um, you make a great point. D- David, I want you to respond, then I'm going to get uh, Valerie and Josh's response. Well, it's all, no, it's all, you know, it's all very clear. Just like you said, they're doing exactly the same thing, but the atmosphere is different. And, and of course, as uh, Dan said, they, uh, they were always in charge, even if they were in a minority. This president doesn't allow that to happen. You know, he does not allow that to happen. He was getting on the airplane today, that whole separation of the children uh, situation when he was getting on the airplane today he didn't uh, he didn't whine and say he said listen you don't want to have your children separated don't come to the border you know exactly. and, uh, 50, very simple 56 percent of, uh, uh, of of americans these days understand that they who do they blame for the separation of the families the parents that brought the children there they understand they're getting the hang of personal responsibility and of course, that's not what Democrats are about, and that's not what. Uh, and, but they, so they don't know how to react when somebody is reacting to them. And so I think uh, two things have changed: the economy has changed, but the leadership has changed, and the Republicans have some backbone. Uh, and the, why do they have backbone? Because of, because of the president. 
There's no question about it. And that's why Americans are proud to be Americans. That's why we under, that's why all the gripes about the, the NATO people that are upset with us. Are, who cares? They're not paying their bills. You know, we get we get that. You know, and, uh, and we need people, they need people to pay their fair it. share. It has to be fair. You know, yeah. they can't rip us off anymore, and we have to hold them accountable. Yeah. So uh, see what so what happened there. That, what ha- what happened there? The, the NATO and the trade are are tied together. And let me let me tell right. you why. Right. After the Second World War, what was the only economy left standing? Us. The United States. Yes. Germany was destroyed. Russia was depleted. Italy was gone. France was coming back. Uh, Britain was destroyed. Japan was destroyed. China was destroyed. Most of the Philippines and all the uh, all those nations were destroyed. The only economy left was the United States economy. It, it, and there are some experts who say that at the end of the Second World War, over 50% of the gross domestic product of the world took place in the United States. And yeah. so we are a benevolent nation. We went back and we helped rebuild all of those countries and gave them very attractive trade deals. But as their economies grew we didn't have the courage to go in and adjust the trade deals. And so they just continued. And now that's why we have a $500 billion deficit with, with, uh, with China and $175 billion deficit with, with the European union and deficits with Canada and Mexico and other places. And what Mr. Trump is saying, it's time those deals need to be renegotiated because they're no longer appropriate and no longer fair to the American worker and to the American people. Exactly. And the American people and the American workers get it. You know, they yep. get it. And they, the, the, uh, the, the fear mongering that, uh, about trade wars and what we understand, the, the people get it. They, they, and so we've the, been the, in the fear mongering on a social. And you're absolutely right. And David, we've been in a trade war for so long and people are making an issue about it. Like, Trump's getting well, into we've, something. We've been in a war, but we haven't been fighting. You know exactly. <laughs> exactly, and people bring up this like the the trade war, like it's something new. Like we're it's like Trump's getting us into something new. No, this has been going on for a long time. We just haven't been holding these people accountable. But finally, we have a president that is a brilliant businessman that knows uh, strategic ways to fix everything that. These past idiots uh, couldn't uh, complete, or you know, uh, they, they just couldn't do it. Well, actually, I, I wrote about we this. Finally, yeah. have somebody that uh, actually is for the American people. Uh, we are we are to the benefit of having somebody that doesn't owe his soul to other kind of donors and other kind of situations. He just all he owes is the people, and consequently, he's making decisions. For the American people, not necessarily for the decisions of his uh, his, his money people. Yeah, yeah. I wrote about ahead. this. You I wrote about this trade issue. Dan, go ahead. I say I wrote about this trade issue last week, and again, what people don't understand—it's important to understand what's going on. China exports a half a trillion dollars of goods to the United States. The United States exports to China 
about a hundred billion dollars worth of goods. Yeah, you now, told us about take, this last week. If you take a hundred billion dollars and impose a twenty-five percent tariff, it's twenty-five billion dollars. You take five hundred billion dollars and we impose a twenty-five percent tariff. It's a hundred and twenty-five billion dollars. Tell us, we're going to collect five times what China's going to collect, and they're going to realize. Yeah, they're going to collect spending them anyway. Exactly, yeah. and he, here's another thing. I mean, Trump confirmed today the 34 billion tariffs on China, which I love, and then there's a possible 506 billion more uh, that will be coming. So you have all of this um, in place, in motion. Uh, China has no choice. I mean, they need us more than we need them. Let's face it, guys. Well, here's the, here's the insanity of the Chinese. Okay, here is the insanity of what the Chinese are thinking. Oh, and one, one more thing right real now. quick. This is very pivotal. One more thing. China Win Tech Firm was hit with a $59 million fine for the theft of U.S. trade secrets. So, I mean, there's just more and more stuff. I mean, this is all, you know, uh, you know getting taken care of. But go ahead, Dan. So what's important for people to understand of how yeah. – of how the Chinese have made a huge mistake. Now, the Chinese economy is 65% dependent on foreign sources of energy. It has to import coal, natural gas, and, and oil in order to run its economy because it does not have the resources. So it's 65% dependent on foreign sources of energy, okay? The principal source of crude oil to China was Iran. With the embargo that Mr. Trump is going to put in place at the end of July, there will be a dramatic reduction in Iranian crude oil, third largest exporter in the world, Coming onto the market. Now, when Mr. Trump said he was going to put sanctions against Iran, the Asian oil refineries, who knew that they got the bulk of their crude from Iran, said we have to find other alternative sources of crude oil. OPEC met in, in, in Vienna uh, uh, about a month ago and decided that they wanted to increase production a million barrels a day. But they are so behind times as far as maintaining and finding new oil. The best number yeah. that people can now come out with is somewhere around 500 million barrels, 500,000 barrels a day that they might be able to get. If Venezuela yeah. falls and they stop and uh, Nigeria, which has a problem, and they're gone and Iran is gone, there's going to be a huge shortage of oil, Okay. Now, imagine you're the Chinese, gov- Chinese government and you say, we've been importing 400,000 barrels of U.S. crude oil a day, and we need to import more. But you know what? We're going to put a 25% tariff on our energy supplier. 
Tell me how that makes any sense. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely – you know, and here, here's the thing. I mean, we have, um, you know, all of these, you know, different, you know, scenarios where we've for so many years have been taken advantage of. I mean, the U.S. has been like a piggy bank. It really has for right. other countries. And, and it's the same sort of thing with NATO. You know, they don't even pay their fair share. I mean, the U.S., you know, pays the largest amount by a, by a lot. By a lot. Um, there's just so many things that are so off kilter and so wrong. Uh, and such a, like a, in so many ways, um, just unfair. I mean, the, the word to use is, I mean, it really is. I mean, just like Trump, you know, says with, uh, the, the word reciprocal, I mean, that's with trade, but that should be with everything. I mean, everything should be fair. You know, nothing should be, uh, handed to any of these countries like it has in the past. I mean, we look at some of these deals, and it's an absolute disgrace. What the Obama admin put us through, even even Bush. I mean, Bush did some bad stuff too. Uh, I'm not proud of. And you know, you go back to Clinton that signed NAFTA, the worst deal ever. I mean, that really screwed everything up. Um, I mean, then there's just it, there's so many variables, you know, so many things. Um, I, I well, Josh, I think Valerie, the, point, the point is. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Well, it's just it, it really is is that we have not had leadership that's actually been representing the American people. Uh, it made Amen. sense after World War II. They've been representing their pockets, uh, these politicians. Yeah, no, it's it's been quite clear that that's not been uh, that's not been what people have been doing. They've not been representing the American people. They've had. Uh, uh, some folks uh, buying off, uh, buying votes in in one circumstance, and then uh, importing uh, importing cheap labor in another, in the other circumstance. It's it's really never been uh, uh, two parties. It's just been the guys in charge that come out and act like worldwide uh, worldwide wrestling uh, when they yell at each other, and then go in the back and have a cocktail and split up our money. You know, uh, so we finally do have somebody that's in charge, uh, and that's why nobody likes him. Because he's not going exactly. to deal with the, you know, that's what, and that's why nobody likes him. He's disturbing. People the don't like quote. the truth. People, people don't like the people don't like the hardcore truth. They don't like uh, people telling them how it is. You know, you have, you're absolutely right, David. And I, I really want to get Valerie and Josh's thoughts, but then I want to move on to Roe versus Wade because I've been waiting all day to talk to everyone uh, about Roe versus Wade. <laughs> Dan, David, this is something you guys are very familiar with. I want it gone. Um, I, the liberals are going nuts, but real quick on what we were talking about, Valerie, uh, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you've said, um, Dan. And I also, I think that Trump is the first president that didn't, doesn't care. Like you said earlier, he doesn't owe anybody. And, but I also think it's his personality. You know, I mean, people don't like his language, and they don't like this and that, and the tweet, tweet, tweeter, <laughs> his tweeting, and all kinds of things like that. But the bottom line is he's his own man, and he finds out the answers, and he takes care of business. And I think that's, in the end, his biggest asset and will remain so. And as much as people say the tweeting is negative, this is how he got elected. This is the way that he communicates directly with the people. 
And, and this is why I believe he has his own relationship with the American people instead of worrying about whatever the left is going to spin in the media. Um, and I think that's why he's, he's doing so well, and, and that spurs him on to continue with whatever it is that he believes in. And right now, he's, he's the expert in economics. He understands how to make our country work, and he's, he's making it happen. And um, like you said, I think that uh, you know, we've had many presidents recently that were, were unable to, to do that. And, and now it's our time, and we've got all three um, branches now, uh, legislative, executive, and, and now um, the judicial as of today. So, you know, if, if we don't do well now, it's our own fault. Yeah, I would I would just like to follow up what you said because I, I think you said a lot of very important things there, and that is that is that I have been writing for a long time that all the people on the left and the right who have said Mr. Trump should stop tweeting, I say to them, who's going to defend the president? The mainstream media is not going to defend him. And if he stopped tweeting, he would wind up like all the other presidents. He would not have a relationship with the American people. The, I agree. the tweeting, whatever you like or dislike about the way he says things, is irrelevant. Yes. The tweeting yes. is a way that he connects with the American people. He and has, he really, he has yeah, over Danny. 105 got over 105 million followers. He has more followers than all of the major networks combined in prime time. Dan, Dan, here's the thing about Trump is that, real quick, I mean, you know, Twitter, and I I said this a long time ago, Twitter was one of the things that, in a way, helped him win the election. He got his message out. You know, he got got a lot of what needed to be said and addressed – you know, uh, the, just the truth and, and what was really going on. I mean, you know, with social media these days, it's so beneficial and useful, especially for guys like Trump. I mean, you know, with all these other past presidents like Bush and, you know, somewhat of Obama, we didn't have all this social media. We didn't have all of these outlets and different ways of, you know, gaining uh, and uh, getting our message out and, you know, doing the – doing the right thing and just we we had all of these media when we had we had these media companies that were you know making up stories and these other people could these other presidents if they had twitter they probably would be uh defending themselves and you know it's it, it's just it's a really good thing you know what i mean well it's a legit mm-hmm. question i agree in terms of who would defend the president because not even his own party would be defending him i mean he is on his own so much of the time the the, right. uh, the other he has so few defenders among the party because of course he is not of the party he's not part right. of the status quo so the fact is is that Dan's question about who would defend the president the, in the end nobody you know in right. the end it really is he's really his own he media no he's his, his Twitter his Twitter is his own media that's how it is that that's the truth right there I mean that's what we have to yeah. go by yeah. We cannot, you know, rely on these phony journalists that want to fabricate stories and write them like they're fictional stories, whatever they want to write to to suit their needs. It's pathetic. 
We know what's going on in the media, mm-hmm. and we know you know we know they're after we know they're after uh, you know the the Constitution and all you know the, the American people, the, the true uh, American dream. I mean, they want all. They're they're basically. Um, you know, advocating for communism, the socialism, uh, the shit that's killed millions of people. So I, it's scary. If you really think about that, that is scary. So let me oh, let yes. me throw you a throw you a curve. I want to get to Roe versus Wade, but go 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 ahead, Dan. I'll be quick. One of the okay. things that's going to happen out of this Trump revolution is that I believe probably by the first end of his first term, there's going to be a national dialogue about teaching civics in the public schools. Yeah. We don't, we don't teach civics to our children. They don't understand the constitution. Do you know that major law, law schools around the United States no longer require students to read the constitution? The places where we Ridiculous. teach lawyers. Ridiculous. However, however, in South Carolina, last year they passed a law that said in state-supported universities, we must teach all of the founding documents. They passed another law recently that says it must go to all high schools in the state, must start teaching civics. And there's right. movement to get it down into the elementary school. So one of the things right. that we're going to possibly see out of the Trump revolution is a reintroduction of the American Constitution and what it means to be governed under right. a, a and, law. And, and let's not so let you know. I want to men- I want to mention real quick. Sixty-two uh, percent of Americans want uh, the new Supreme Court justice uh, before the midterm. So that's a really good poll. Sixty-two yeah. percent. Um, what, yep. what I do want to you know get. I want Josh. I want to get your thoughts real quick. You haven't spoken in a while. I know you have a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, real quick for me, it's, uh, you know, I, I was just listening today that uh, China just imposed, a, I think it's a 60% uh, t- uh, tariff on our pork. Um, and, you know, they're really trying to hit um, Trump hard with their own tariffs. But I think it's interesting that every time they announce anything, he announces another, you know, round of tariffs. You know, the only way that this is going to end well for either country is if, you know, we both get to a place where we have less tariffs and if they continue to push on us, we're going to continue to push back on them. And I'm, you know, I'm glad Trump, um, you know, is someone who actually has the balls to do that. It's very, very important. And, uh, and I, you know, let's, uh, let's move on to Roe v. Wade because I don't even want to talk about that. And you're up and, and Josh, you bring up a good point, you know, let, let the trade war begin. I mean, these sort of things take time. It's not going to happen overnight, but Trump's not going to back down. Trump is the, one of the best negotiators ever. Uh, so at, at the end of the day, they, these countries have to cave. They, cave. they have no choice. They're going to have to because they well, need the U.S. more than we need them. And, I mean, it's totally true. They, they could, go ahead. All they had to do, all they had to do, was follow the primaries. Frankly, because yep. anytime anybody hit Trump, he just hit back yep. harder. Anytime and he just got more popular. Every time somebody and, uh, goes after him, he just gets more popular. People like him more. And that's what and that's what he's doing with the trade situation. They hit up. Okay, that's fine. We're gonna we're gonna double it. You know, you're gonna do it. All right, we'll make it worse. You know. So, exactly. Uh, they haven't learned that exactly. about him yet. 
I want to, hey, hey, you guys, I want to get to Roe versus Wade. This is very important to me. I do want to play a quick clip of uh, the progressives that are out of control uh, about, you know, about Roe versus Wade, and then I really want to talk about this because this is, like, something that's been on my mind all fucking day. Excuse my French, but I want Roe versus Wade gone. It is not taxpayer dollars' responsibility to pay for somebody that is irresponsible in abortion. You know, and then I'll get to my point after this video, but I have a lot to say about it. Uh, one four. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Hope you had a great Fourth of July. While you were celebrating the birth of our country, some on the left were bemoaning its very existence. Vox.com commemorated Independence Day with a piece entitled, Three Reasons the American Revolution Was a Mistake. Progressives despised Donald Trump so much, they've begun to dislike the country that elected him. Hate has clouded their vision and distorted their values completely. For generations, for example, liberals championed free speech and privacy and due process. Now they lead the charge against civil liberties and all who dare to defend them. Alan Dershowitz has been a liberal icon for 50 years, a stalwart defender of civil liberties. Just this morning, he was denounced by the left as an agent of the Kremlin, of Vladimir Putin himself. His crime? Suggesting that the president might also be protected by the Bill of Rights, just like everybody else. Not allowed. Professor Dershowitz joins us in just a minute to explain what happened to him. Meanwhile, signs of growing extremism in this country on the left are everywhere. Just yesterday, a Congolese immigrant shut down the Statue of Liberty, our Statue of Liberty, to protest the Trump administration's immigration policies. The left applauded that. But take three steps back and think about what you're watching right here. Congo is a war-ravaged hellscape, a country noted for mass rape and cannibalism. Imagine escaping a country like that and being welcomed in our country, the United States. You'd be grateful, wouldn't you? Many Congolese are grateful. This person is not grateful at all. She took over one of our monuments to scream about how racist we are, and progressives support her. They have gone insane. On MSNBC, New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg explained that 81-year-old Justice Anthony Kennedy somehow betrayed America by daring to retire from the Supreme Court. Watch this. This is Kennedy betraying the country. The Democrats could have done very little. He's he has, not betraying he the country. He has an obligation to not Why let do you have Trump to demean people in that because, point? Because they you are have a valid point to make. You country. don't Retiring at 81 is betrayal because it's inconvenient to their political plans. And then there's this, yet more casual racism from MSNBC. Notice how it's just assumed that there's something distasteful or even immoral about hiring someone of a specific race and gender. The left used to believe in judging people on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. That seems like ancient history now. Watch. For the president, it's going to be all about the personal connection, who he feels comfortable with in the moment. So you're and saying he's going to pick the man, um, the white man. Ninety percent of Donald Trump's selections for U.S. attorneys and federal judges were white men. Oh, shut up. What happened to liberals? A lot of things. One, they lost power, and that drove them off the deep end. They plan to get their power back, no matter what it takes. A new book by Professor David Ferris is called It's Time to Fight Dirty, and it explains how the left plans to do it. Here's the summary of the book from Politico, quote, grant statehood to D.C. and Puerto Rico and break California into seven with the goal of adding 16 new Democrats to the Senate. 
expand the Supreme Court and the federal courts, packing them with liberal judges, move to multi-member House districts to roll back the effects of partisan gerrymandering, pass a new Voting Rights Act, including nationwide automatic voter registration, felon enfranchisement, and an end to voter ID laws, grant citizenship to millions of undocumented immigrants, creating a host of new Democratic-leaning voters. As Ferris puts it in the book, quote, Republicans have always feared that immigration would change the character of American society. Democrats should reward them with their very worst nightmare. Remember that paragraph. It is the blueprint for what we're about to see. They're going to tell you it's about civil rights or some other principle they pretend to care about, but they're lying. It's about seizing power and holding it. That's their only aim. They're deadly serious about it. When you were grilling in the backyard last night, they were plotting, in effect, a coup. Well, there you have it. And, and here, here's the thing. You know, that, that obviously that clip was more about re- liberal radicalization and, and what they're up to. But, I mean, it, it applies to what they were doing, you know, for the Roe versus Wade thing outside the courthouse yesterday, even before he had picked his nominee. And quite frankly, the whole Roe Ro versus Wade thing, there's nothing constitutional about it. It's not in the Constitution. Um, it should be abolished. Taxpayers should not be responsible. Um, people should pay for their own abortions. Um, it's so entitled and so sickening. And like, I think it was like 70 or 80 percent of the women that get abortions are are women that are reckless or irresponsible uh, in, in their sexual life. So, I mean, how is that our responsibility? You know what I mean? And I don't believe well, no, also, 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 I am very pro-life, and I do not believe in abortion. I do not believe in abortion in whatsoever. I, I you know, there are, there are exceptions. Uh, re, you know, rape is an exception. Uh, and then, you know, that, that, that's about it. I mean, you know, and if there's, I think that I think well, that's the fact amazing. Is, I think the fact is, go ahead. If they do away, if they do away with Roe, it doesn't mean that they're doing away with abortion. Uh, it just all goes the, back to the states. Being done, it goes back to the states to decide. That's exactly right. And yeah, never been. It was wrongly decided from the get-go. This three months, uh, this different trimester situation was uh, completely artificial. You don't find anything like that in the in the Constitution, of course. And so, but I would uh, suggest that, uh, Roy, if you're thinking anything's going to happen with that in in the very near term, anything dramatic is going to happen, I would suggest to you that it's not. Uh, I know it's not. David, 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 I know it's not, but I would like it to. And I think everybody with me right now would agree that we should abolish it and give it back to the states. I think it's ridiculous in so many ways, and, and it's basically enabling, killing, you know, a living human, and it's also costing taxpayers money. I mean, come on. I mean, it's, there's, there's just a lot of, of bad things attached to it. What, oh, what are your thoughts, There's Dan? a tremendous number of bad oh, Go ahead, David. Keep going, David. Sorry. Yeah, no, there are a tremendous number of bad things about it, not the least of which is, of course, uh, the fact that uh, it was just created out of whole cloth. There's no penumbra of uh, of rights that emanate from uh, the various uh, amendments that that created this uh, fiasco. But give that be that as it may, 
uh, Roberts is not going to let it go overnight. He'll chip around the edges. He'll have it because he's got he's he's got this thing where he wants to protect the institution of the court and uh, consider that generations of folks have relied upon grew grew up relied upon it. Roberts will not let it go away overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. It will happen Never. little by little, inch no. by inch. Your thoughts, Dan? So I I want to prepare you in advance. I'm I'm going to go a different way. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> First of all, um, the the history of the court is that it is very very reticent to overturn. Not that it hasn't, but is very very resident of of turn, overturning previous uh, decisions by previous courts. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but it can it, it can happen, but not real likely. And I think that our guest who talked about Justice Roberts is makes a good point. But can, I want to be a realist if I can, and, and I, I know you're probably not going to like this. Um, Roe versus Wade is a decision of the court. But when you look at Roe versus Wade and when it was done by the court, things have changed dramatically. We talked last week or the week before about the 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 rape of 80% of the women and girls that are coming north to try and get out of Central and South America through Mexico into the United States. And that the parents of those daughters – and children are doing one thing for them, realizing that they're going to get raped to keep them from being pregnant. They can get for $4 a shot that will keep them from conceiving for at least 30 to 45 days. The coyotes who are smuggling the women and children in are giving them the morning after pill, realizing they're going to get raped, but to keep them from getting pregnant. What I'm saying to you is that the that the that the medical the medical practice at the time that Roe versus Wade was passed was dramatically more arcane than it is today, and that there are alternatives to abortion that can be done at very low cost that would give women an alternative. We, however, have a situation where we have Planned Parenthood, which is responsible for a certain significant percentage of abortions. And there are alternatives to abortions that can still give reproductive freedom to women, but not have to rip fetuses out of their vagina. And so I'm more concerned about allowing the medical profession. You know, it's interesting um, uh Here is a a tremendous dichotomy. At the time versus Roe versus Wade, the ability of a fetus to survive outside the womb had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 26 to 29 months. Now we have the ability through medical technology to allow a fetus to survive, grow, and prosper at 12, 14, 16 weeks, 18 weeks. So that 
we're allowing babies who are born prematurely to have a chance to survive, where previously under the old medical procedures, I find it amazing that at a time when we're taking lice, we're also young life, we're also developing the technology to allow young life to survive at a younger and younger age coming out of the womb. I think that's an incredible dichotomy. So I'm, you know, to to overturn Roe versus Wade from the 1970s in a reality of where we are today with the alternatives for birth control and pregnancy control today, it's not important anymore. I understand it is a milestone. I understand that it's something that's important. Pardon me? You don't think it's a burden? What, Roe versus Wade? Yeah, you don't think it's a, you don't think there's there's issues with it. You don't think there's stuff that needs to be readjusted. You don't think there's I mean there's I can tell you there's a lot of flaws with it. Oh, there's no question there's a lot of flaws with it. And I think that the idea that that we should decentralize government in many of these issues and allow the states to make the decisions what is best for their people is a much more viable way to do things than to let the federal government or the court legislate and that's the issue legislate the court should not be legislating court should be interpreting we got into this trouble when we allowed the courts to become the legislative arm of the democratic party when they couldn't get things passed in congress they went to the courts and the leadership of the democratic party packed the courts with liberal judges who would acquiesce to the needs and the wants of the Democratic Party. We are trying to break that cycle. It's not going to be easy, but we're going to try and break the cycle with these many appointments that Donald Trump has to the various levels of courts. But I'm saying is that the, the idea that there are problems. I happen to be an absolute pro-life person. I have been since my wife's first pregnancy Amen. Uh, died. And so, but I, I'm also trying my, to be my a realist. I was saying, my condolences. I was saying amen to you, to you being pro-life. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is, uh, it's it just, it's, it's, when I saw in the presidential debate, when, when Hillary Clinton said that the woman should have the right to end her pregnancy the day before the baby was to be born, Oh my! There's, there's something morally corrupt yeah. about that person. That and they you know what I always a... said? I, I I always said if the devil had a daughter or a wife, it's Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she they don't get doesn't get any more evil than that. I, I can't think of any woman any evil more evil than her. I mean, it she it's as bad as it gets. I mean. Uh, oh God, Jesus! Here's the thing I want Glory. to talk about with your Roe v. Wade because the thing is, it's you know because we're we're um, nominating a new Supreme Court justice, the issue has to come up. But it shouldn't. There shouldn't be a litmus test for who can interpret the Constitution with these kinds of issues. To me, I mean, I'm a libertarian in general. I'm very pro-life, but I don't think it's anybody's business. And I don't think it, and that's not any more of the court than it is for the legislative branch or the president himself. 
I mean, I think that, uh, and I know that's going a different way. <laughs> I know you'll um, disagree, but, you know, this is not really about one issue or one litmus test. It's about who can, um, who can interpret the Constitution. And if, if Roe v. Wade or any other issue like that comes up the court, then the court has to make the decision whether or not they want to take the case. And I just think it's Right, they don't have to take the case. They, they, can decide, they can decline the case. But, but right. I, I think that there, you, you, I, I just want to throw a little more mud in the water. <laughs> and that is that what's not being talked about, and I'm going to use New York City because it's the, it's the biggest city in the United States, that the black women in New York City now have more abortions than they have live births more abortions than they have in life births. And what we have is the Planned Parenthood who places their clinics in the uh, minority neighborhoods and are trying to, convi- trying to convince b- black and Hispanic women and poor women to abort their fetuses as a right of, of health care. And my concern is and this is a number you, I guarantee you, you'll never hear, is that if you look at the number of black fetuses that have been terminated since Roe v. Wade was passed, the black population in this country would have 53 more congressmen than they have now. True. It's true. Wow, hey, that's you guys. Everybody, hey, Josh, real quick, I want to get your thoughts, but I also want to welcome to the show our good friend, uh, the leaders of Blacks for Trump, Michael. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, sir? Sorry good, for to have, good, to, good to have you on. Um, uh, but Josh, go ahead, and then uh, I, I want to get I want to get back to something real quick. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah. So uh, obviously, just to lay my cards on the table, I'm I'm a lobbyist for in D.C. for the most uh, pro-life bill. There's the heartbeat bill right now. We have the, it's the most co-sponsored uh, pro-life bill uh, in the House of Representatives right now um, at the U.S. level. Uh, so just to lay my cards on the table, kind of the way I think. One of the things um, I would say about um, a reason that I believe that we do need to um, you know reject the Roe v. Wade decision is because that's one of the biggest excuses that uh, we hear in D.C. from leadership is that, well, the courts are just going to, you know, the courts are just going to knock, knock it down if we do pass it because of Roe v. Wade. If Roe v. Wade was not there and we had a more of a quote-unquote, um, you know, uh, even playing ground or even a blank, uh, somewhat of a blank slate, obviously I know that's not incredibly realistic, but in the minds of leadership, and, and and more importantly, in the minds of the constituents, there will be a lot more heat. The heat will be turned up for pro-life legislation to get moved through. You know, we have uh, the heartbeat bill right now is 170 co-sponsors um, just sitting there, nothing nothing to do because uh, you know our our wonderful uh, speaker of the house, Paul Ryan, won't push it through um, be, because of the court, you know the courts possibly having a decision, um, you know to reject it. It's the reason why John Kasich, it's the reason John Kasich vetoed it in Ohio was because he said that the, you know, he didn't, he didn't want the state to have to pay for, to defend it in court. And it was just going to get knocked down anyway. 
If I may ask, what is this heartbeat bill proposal in the House of Representatives? So um, I, it's House bill. I can't. It's off the top of my head right now. I can't remember it. I, what I, is it it's proposed? escaping me. Basically, what it proposes is you um, once a heartbeat is detected uh, in a baby or a fetus, the baby is protected. It's very very simple. Um, it's sponsored by Steve King from Iowa. So then, would that um, mean that if a woman tried to have an abortion, that she would be mur- she would be charged with murder? So no. Basically, the way that the law is written, the only um, the only person that's liable is the doctor. So the doctor basically would have um, to consistently check for a heartbeat before performing performing an abortion. If that heartbeat was detected, the doctor would say, "Hey, I cannot perform this abortion." If that abortion ended up being um, performed and it was found out the doctor would be um, liable, not the mother. And if I may be a devil's advocate on this uh, question, what constitutional authority does the United States Congress get to set that law? So so the United States Congress would be able to set that law. Uh, Basically the idea for us is that it, it's a it's a clear marking point. So obviously we know in no, Roe v. Wade. I, I, I understand. I understand what they're trying to do. For sure. The fact is, is we're we're trying to put people that are constitutionalists on the bench, right? People that yeah. follow the Constitution. And in theory, then we're supposed to have a government that's limited by the powers granted to it under the Constitution. Okay. And sure. that kind of thing in creating such a, a criminal law, what constitutional authority would the United States Congress have to define this uh, point that right, this heartbeat bill? What 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 and is, I, I, is it the I would, clause? I would like to re- is, is it, yeah, I would like ahead. to respond to to your question. Go ahead, Dan. I don't mean to in, I don't mean to interrupt the lobbyists, but let me since you've raised the question. The Constitution the Constitution clearly defines three branches of government. The executive, the legislative, and the judicial. The legislative branch is the part of the government that has the responsibility of drafting laws. And passing Correct. the executive yes. branch has the responsibility of executing the law duly passed by the government, by the legislative branch, and signed by the president. The judiciary right. has the responsibility. So the, the, the constitutional power to pass this heartbeat law is under the legislative power of the United States Congress. It needs to be they somewhere in Article write, 1, Section 8. There is nothing there that gives them that authority. It's not under the Commerce Clause. It's not a trademark thing. It's not a regulation of immigration. It's not one of the limited powers. It's not one of the limited enumerated powers. Which limited enumerated power does that fall under? They don't have a general police power like the states have. The, the federal government does not have a general police power, even though they've acted like it. They don't have a general police power. Well, they don't have the authority. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a real attorney, uh, or well, even a am. practicing attorney. 
but but I I I, I, I believe David, if, if David, I David, real quick though real quick David you're an attorney yes and, and you used to be a prosecutor right yes yeah exactly yeah so um, and I've done constitutional Sam, litigation what were you saying? and I oh go ahead dude. And and it's a great it's a great it's a great it's a great thought it's a great idea. I I think that maybe if you're going to find so if you're going to find some place to do it, maybe there might be uh, the situation, there might be some way to hang it into the Fourteenth Amendment, and all persons that are that are listed in the Fourteenth Amendment having the uh, protections of equal protection under the law. There may be some way to define personhood under the Fourteenth Amendment. There is nothing in Article One that gives the uh, gives the gives the Congress the authority to pass such a definitional law. Just because they've been doing it doesn't mean they have the authority to do it. You know, and 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 and, and the fact is is that if you're going to wind up wind up having wanting to have the judges follow the Constitution, you should have the legislature follow the Constitution just as well. And well, both, that's why everybody. That's the, why everybody. The, that's why everybody says it should go back to the states because the states do, in fact, have such a general police power. General police power is not something that exists for the United States Congress. I would agree go with ahead, that. Yes. I would agree with that. But 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 I would also agree. And and we have two of the three branches of the government. Actually, all three branches of the government are creating laws that uh, may not fall under any of the powers in the Constitution. We've got the court legislating from the bench. We've got the Congress writing legislation that's, that's, that's not legal. The bench, the bench is supporting it because of a left-leaning agenda. And you've got the, the administration issuing orders and rules uh, for the way we live our lives, what we do, which are not passed by the Congress nor ruled on by the by the judiciary, but they carry the weight of law. Yeah, and that's one of the really good things about Kavanaugh uh, is the um, whole thing about uh, Chevron deference. If you're familiar with that yeah. uh, concept, we got to move on from this segment. Uh, quick, quick, though, we got to move on. Okay, so guys, hurry up, guys. All right, but but in any event, uh, the whole idea of the regulatory state going beyond what uh, they're constitutionally allowed is something that's bound up in Chevron deference where uh, the courts defer to the uh, executive agencies for their interpretations of the law, where, of course, executive agencies don't have the authority to interpret law, only the courts do. And Kavanaugh is big on pulling back the executive agency interpreting law and putting it back to the court where it belongs. That's one of the cool things about Kavanaugh that really only people that get down in the weeds about Kavanaugh may really be able to appreciate. And, and, and Dan, I'll let you respond. I know you have to run, Dan, but I'll let you respond to this. Um, Dan. I'm here. I said I know you have to run. I'll let you respond to David, and then uh, I'll I'll let you run. I know you have to go. Yeah, uh, I I I think that 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 we've got we've got a a turmoil where we just said that the 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 uh, judicial branch is legislating from the bench. We saw that 
in in the uh, immigration uh, ban situation. We have the yes. Congress, which is passing laws that, uh, especially from the Democrats, who who believe that the court will support them, at least they used to. I don't think they believe that much anymore. And you've got the executive branch issuing executive orders or issuing rules and regulations uh, that are never passed on by the Congress and administrative agencies who are taking away our freedoms and uh, and we're not doing much about it. So we have a lot of work to do to try and repair the Constitution, the rule of law, and our government. Well said. Well said, Dan. Dan Perkins, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, anything you want to promote, please, sure. your website, your books. Uh, we'll have you back on again very soon, and uh, you're going to be a part of the uh, new media site, uh, my media company, uh, right. by, uh, the, next gen, the Next Gen USA. You tell everybody what your uh, column will be called. The whole section that I'm going to be working on, which will be both written commentary and video, is going to be Dan's Soapbox. Yep, and, that, and that'll be on, on my uh, Next Gen USA company. And then uh, your uh, your website right now and your new books, promote, promote it all. Promote whatever you want. Yeah, the the website is, if you go to the website, danperkins.guru, you can see the foundation. You can see all the, the children's books, and you can see all my thrillers all in one place. Perfect. And so always, we got okay. Thank you, sir, for having okay. me on. Absolutely, always a pleasure, Dan. And uh, we look forward to uh, we're going to be working a lot together on different stuff and uh, a very uh, fun and uh, optimistic future. I look forward to it, buddy. So always a pleasure. We'll have me you too. back thank on you. soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Take care, Dan Perkins. Everybody, uh, it was great having him on. I do want to walk. David, you're still with us, right? I am, but I'm going to need to be going pretty soon, uh, Roy. Okay, Dave, Dave, stay with us for a second. I want to welcome the leader of Blacks for Trump. I already did. I want to uh, – man, what's going on? How are you, buddy? I'm absolutely fantastic. I'm having a ball. You're having a ball? So good. Yep. Huh? I'm, I'm Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I've just been traveling around wherever Trump has been, and uh, like I came to uh, North Dakota and and Minnesota, I brought like uh, 17 of my black brothers and sisters up there with T-shirts that said Trump and Republicans are not racist, and signs that said Blacks for Trump. And uh, sometimes they gave us a little bit of a problem, but uh, it wasn't the Trump people was. The fire marshal wouldn't even let us in after we drove from Miami all the way up to to Minnesota, and uh, because we sort of got there late, and uh, the I was really because the fire marshal said there were too many people in there, so they wouldn't let us in. But we made a big impact on the outside. We took a picture with everybody yeah. that was on the inside because they all came out and took pictures with us holding up our signs, uh, so we could show the unity between the black man and the white man with Trump. Absolutely. Absolutely, and you're you know you're all over the newspapers. You're the you started Blacks for Trump. You're a big name. Uh, you're a celebrity. You're a superstar, American icon. Uh, wow. You know you de- you definitely you definitely helped with the, with the minority vote strongly. Real real quick though, um, stay. I want you to stay, uh, Michael. But I you know I did want to get uh, Josh and Valerie's thoughts on the Roe versus Wade thing before I ended it, but I forgot. Uh, when Dan left, but 
Josh, go ahead and then Valerie, and then I want to, I'll get back to you, Michael. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just just to real quickly kind of defend a little bit uh, of of the the heartbeat Bills stance, not to go too long, uh, you know, but the the idea behind it is to kind of take the same precedent that the Roe v. Wade set, and we we are basically coming in and saying that we have a better marker, which is that heartbeat. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's more clearly marked, um, you know, it's something, it's something that's very, you know, um, kind of a cut, cut clean type of marking, which, which, you know, the current Roe v. Wade uh, is not, uh, which, which I, you know, you basically, it would be defended the same way that Roe v. Wade was initially uh, defended. It, w- it really wouldn't be that big. Um, of a of a of a, a difficulty there, just because all we're doing is saying we have a better marker. We're not saying that abortion should be illegal. We're just saying that this is a better marker for when something you know when this is changing into something we can or cannot uh, abort, and, and something that we you know is, we know a little better now instead of trimesters, obviously. Okay, well well said, Valerie. What, and, and and again, if I if I may still. What the, yeah, what is ahead. the essence of the bill? I mean, what are they what are they accomplishing with the bill? What is it providing? It defines it defines when life starts. Is that the point? Yes. Okay, and and at that at that juncture, people uh, should be um, considered to have all the rights and privileges of of, uh, of a citizen of the United States. Uh, that that would be the uh, the general cons- consensus. That that would be the, at least that's the goal. That's the that's the legal basis for what you gentlemen are trying to do. Yes, and I obviously I'm not I, obviously I am not a lawyer whatsoever, and I'm not on the the law side of it. Um, but that okay. I, I I'm pretty sure, sure that's the, the gist of it. Sure. Okay. There, there's there's some and I certainly think very 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 highly of Congressman King. Congressman King is uh, so so good on so many things, uh, yeah. but it, and so and it's and it's certainly a worthwhile thing to do. But it just always uh, disturbs me when you're trying to uh, turn. We're trying we're trying to get the Constitution under control, and so we want to make sure that when we do things to move uh, move other agendas forward, you do it within the uh, within the confines of what the Constitution allows. Yeah, at least that's and, my you know, uh, at least that's and, my and goal. To, and to, res- to respond to that really quickly, you're absolutely right. And it's kind of a you know it's kind of a moral battle in our heads of do we continue to let you know around a million babies die a year you know murdered at the hands of this or do you know or do we play by the rules of the way that the system's supposed to be or do we kind of play by the rules that the system is now? It's kind of a you know I'm I'm just as much of a constitutional supporter. Um, as as anyone, but I, I I think you understand kind of that moral battle. But I I do believe I do believe that you're right, uh, even though uh, you know my bill would po- you know possibly side a little bit against what you said. But I, I do think you're right. Well, there's a, there's something to be said for uh, trying to uh, have a um, a congressional definition of uh, when uh, when people are when when the rights of an American citizen attach to a to a life. When does somebody become a person? And and certainly uh, the Congress has had the authority to uh, determine citizenship. So 
there's a there's, there may be a way to do it, but you, you you know you have to philosophically find the appropriate way so that uh, you're accomplishing both goals, and that is uh, doing something to protect the life, but also uh, to protect the law. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and also and, protect the woman. And Valerie, go ahead. And also protect the woman, um, because as we discussed earlier, you know there are certain situations where the woman is innocent and is stuck in a situation that she didn't want to be in. And, you know, it's tough. I mean, these, these are such difficult questions and difficult judgments to make. And um, I think the, you know, the woman also should be considered what her rights are and what the situation is. Um, it's, it's very tough. And I, I also, I agree that, you know, the heartbeat is a good solid way to draw a line. Um, but it's that's usually around nine weeks. It's very, very early. And there are tests that people take later on that find out, you know, if, they're, if their child has Down syndrome and all these other kinds of things that need to be considered. It's, it's very complicated. Right, right. All right. So, yeah, I, think, I do want to shift topics a little bit. <clears throat> As you, and, I, and, Michael, I'm going to get right back to you and stay on the line. Um, but I do have some announcements that I did not say earlier, some good news. Um, the, U.S., the U.S. trade deficit just hit a 19-month low uh, due, to re- due to record high um, – what does it say? Ex- due, to record, due to record high exports. So, I mean, that's a positive. And here's another thing. That uh, you know, not that the mainstream media uh, isn't talking about is that we. Um, where is it? I just had I just had something pulled up. I mean, d- d- despite all the tariffs, manufacturing businesses are booming. They're booming. I mean, the tariff thing is actually helping all of these businesses. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's actually doing a lot of good, uh, but the mainstream media wants to kind of, you know, put in our heads that it's not. And, you know, like, the, I mean, then that's why all these leftists are so crazy. Uh, it's just, you know, the tariffs are something that, you know, somebody ha- has to understand. I mean, like we said earlier, the way we've been ripped off for so long, um, but the wages and the jobs are soaring uh, with American businesses. Uh, even the ones that are hit by metal tariffs, like like I said, um, it's it's something that is incredible. And here's another big thing: NATO ambassador says Trump is making an impact. Allies are increasing their defense spending. Finally, I mean, finally they're they're contributing. They're paying. You know, I don't I don't think they're paying their fair share yet, but at least it's an improvement. Like they're giving a little more. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and this is a huge thing. Hispanic unemployment sink to it, sink, sunk to another all-time low, even lower than it was in the history. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing what this president is doing. Um, I do want to um, talk about with you though, real quick, um, David and everybody else. Is the Lisa Page is going to be subpoenaed? Uh, which is, you know, the, the Peter Stork, Peter Stork's lover, they were having an affair, 
Yeah. Um, yes. You know, she she's she's nervous. He's nervous. Uh, they're going to get questioned. Uh, I think Lisa Page is going to be the one that's going to have to spill the beans and, uh, you know, basically get immunity. I mean, you're a lawyer, you're a prosecutor, you're a defense attorney. I mean, you know the, you know the drill. What, what, what's your prediction? I think that probably they probably will give Paige uh, some immunity. There's a, there's a good possibility so that they can get everything they need to get. Because uh, where they want to go, obviously, is to uh, McCabe. And from McCabe, they want to go to Comey. And from Comey, they want to go up to the up to food chain. So Lisa, Lisa's really low on the on the totem pole. Uh, and so if they want to start getting, they want to find out what happened in Andy's office. They want to find out what that insurance policy was uh, was going to be. And they want to find out uh, what Strzok's plan was to stop Trump from being president. Lisa's, Lisa's the gal that knows. And she probably didn't do much of anything. She didn't have any authority. You know, she was a, sort of a, a conduit of information between uh, between the uh, between the field agents and uh, and uh, the deputy director's office. And so uh, she probably doesn't have much in the way of liability, but she has a tremendous amount of knowledge. And so uh, I think uh, I, I, I think Lisa's going to be very very interesting. Struck Struck's different. Struck clearly made uh, made investigative decisions uh, based on. Uh, Based on biases, and uh, in the end, if you're going to get up to Comey, you got to go through Struck. So, um, so and if you're going to get to Struck, where do you start? You start with Lisa. And, and right. at this juncture, I think I think Struck's back with his wife, so Lisa would probably be happy to spill the beans anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> and you nothing, know, nothing like a woman scorned, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That is good. That is good. Funny. I love that. Uh, too funny. Um, but, I think they're you know, looking for a fall guy, too. You know, they've yeah. got to have some kind of accountability for what's been going on. And, and look there's what a they chance just, he could be what they, Look what they just did to Jim Jordan. All of these things are happening to Jim Jordan after he called them out. Uh, Jim Jordan's nephew died. Jim Jordan, uh, you, know, you know, he's getting all of these. Uh, you know, the wrestling team is accusing him of knowing of uh, sexual abuse from years ago. It's like the Me Too movement, stuff from 20 years ago that we know it. We know it's not well, true. We know it's just a hit from the Democrats. And clearly, well, clearly they didn't say Jordan did anything. They're saying Jordan supposedly knew, knew something. Yeah, that's what I said. He knew. Anything. He was like a witness. And I was uh, I was blessed to spend some time with him in Columbus a couple of years ago, and he he's is one of the all-time There's good no guys. Way, there's no way he's one of the all-time knew, good guys. Yeah, he is a great guy. There's no way he knew about uh, this stuff going on uh, with what they're trying to claim. They're they're claiming that he knew all about the sexual abuse and he just let it go when he was the wrestling coach. That's, that's BS. Yeah. Even even yeah. even all that, even assuming there was something, even if he had a whiff or something, he was just out of college. He was an assistant coach in his essentially his first job. You know, yeah. he's going to go around making. You know, what do you, come on. You know, it's, I know. Yeah, it's just and, goofy. And Rory, just to just to offer up my condolences. Uh, you know, for for that family, obviously Jim Jordan's nephew. I I'm actually going to be at the calling hours uh, for my dad works. 
um, with uh, with the, the the guy who uh, is is the father of that uh, that that kid. So just to control it, he had a full ride to Wisconsin uh, for wrestling. Oh so it's you know it's pretty heartbreaking for uh, his for whole that family life was in the area. Wow. He had his whole life. He had his whole life ahead of him. He had all his dreams and all his and taken away from him. And I don't know if you know what. I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's just the timing is awfully odd. All the stuff that's happening to Jim Jordan after he went after the FBI and DOJ for being crooked. Michael, your thoughts though. I want your thoughts, Michael. You, you want my thoughts on exactly what? Because I was listening. But then I don't not doze off, but I blanked out a little bit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, Michael. I'm gonna before we get your thoughts. I'm gonna say good night, Rory. It's been a pleasure. Always is. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Hopefully, uh, you know. I, I know Dan. Dan was talking about people uh, getting back into civics. I hope somebody buys my books. Uh, Constitutional sound bites and creating the Declaration of Independence that'll help them get back to uh, get back to some civics. And I'm looking forward to working with you on your uh, on your new uh, new media venture. Yeah, my new so. media. You'll be a part of the new big media site. Uh, we put a lot put a lot of money and time into it. The Next Gen USA. Everybody's excited about it. Um, you'll have your own column, which I'm very you know very happy. Uh, you have you're a very uh, talented guy. Very impressive background uh and we love having well, you in the, the meantime show. you can folks could follow me on twitter at shestokas s-h-e-s-t-o-k-a-s and uh find out some other things that are going on one of these days i'm going to talk to you about this uh border bullshit too uh this uh you know this whole uh trump was really good today let's talk let's talk about this real quick let's talk about this real quick before you go one thing the space yeah. and, and, you know, pre- President Trump is requesting detention space and tent cities to detain 12,000 illegal aliens. I mean, you know, to, to detain them and then get them out of here. I mean, Trump made a good point. If you d- don't come here illegally. I mean, it's very simple. That's it. And the yeah, fact, that, the fact the that it's costing taxpayers all this money is disgraceful. Absolutely. You don't want to come here. Uh, don't come. I mean, you don't want to get detained. You don't want to get separated. Don't come. It's very easy. It's, and think, uh, about it's, all the, you know, think about all the bad ones that come across and rape people and murder people and aren't coming here for the right reasons. Well, you know, the uh, truth is, is I've got, I've got a piece on my site uh, about uh, the fact that, you know, I used to do child protection uh, where, uh, where we, where, where people, that either abused or neglected their kids, we separated the families. There was 4,500 yeah. kids in the courtroom that I was working in that we separated the families. Yeah. It's, not, it's yeah. not a big thing. There's 436,000 American kids that are separated from their parents because their parents didn't treat them well. And you think Trey's And they don't, you know what they don't the talk desert? about? They, they don't, they, they'll go protest for second-class citizens at the border, illegal aliens, but they won't talk about the 24 million American kids that are separated from their families or families separated every year. And those are statistics, and nobody's protesting that. It's a, it's a bunch of crock, and I'm sick of it. It's disgusting. Yeah, no, they don't care about American kids. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And um, I, I worked hard. And, and, and you know, the – the people that are looking after the kids at the border, those people have hearts of gold. They're they're doing their best to take care of those kids. You know, it's Absolutely. just uh, 
you know, to demonize the people that are there trying to protect the children, to try and demonize the president when what's going on is they're trying to protect the kids that have been drugged across the desert. Uh, and, and thrown thrown up against the fence is just crazy. Sure. And there's a sure. at com. There's a piece on my site all about that. So one of these days we'll share it on our, on your new site. So I got to go, Rourke. It's been good. Perfect. Have a great night. We always love you having you on. You're a good friend of the show. Take care. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Cheers. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. David Shostokis, everybody. Michael Blaster Trump, are you still there, my friend? I'm still here, sir. I'm still here. Okay, so what I want to get to now is the Whataburger incident. Uh, you guys all know what happened. Michael, you know. I'm sure you know there was a kid sitting there, and some uh, dude came up and threw uh, a drink in the kid's face that was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and I'm sure Valerie that. knows and Josh knows. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm aware. Okay, I want to play this quick clip from Candace. So I'm gonna, you know, Candace Owens, right, uh, Michael? Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. I know her very well. I mean, I don't know her personally. Okay, we're gonna play her. this. We're gonna play this quick clip from her and then talk about it. Uh, one six. This restaurant wearing a MAGA hat. Supporting the president. Yay, support. Now, two new attacks against the right as well. A man in Florida claiming he was assaulted because a driver saw a Trump flag in his yard. And a New York man was also arrested after threatening to kill supporters of a Republican congressman as well as President Trump. So what's behind all this? Here to react, communications director for Turning Point USA, Candace Owens. Good morning, Candace. Thanks for waking up so early for us. Good morning. Good morning. What is it going to take for all this to stop? I am not sure. Let me tell you, though, all of this makes you think of the word deplorable. Am I right? I mean, I see all of this happening, and this is Maxine Waters' America. This is Nancy Pelosi's America. And I feel that like the left can no longer really deny that they are the party of hate. They are the violent, they are the violent party, and that they wish to see a divided America. We don't see them speaking out against this in the way that they should. But it's going to have an equal and opposite effect. This is just going to make Trump supporters dig in their heels, as well as make People on the other side come over to the more sane and rational side. Candace, you know, you, you, you've dealt with confrontations as well as you've come out and talked more about why you support the president. Uh, is, is, is this something inherent in sort of the bubble world of the left where they think everyone agrees with them and then they walk out of the cocoon in the safe space and they realize the rest of America might agree with, a lot of the rest of America might agree with Trump? You know, I actually don't think it's inherent. I think it's that it's been so permissible. They see so many of their idols and the celebrities come out and attack Trump every single day, and it's been allowed. That sort of behavior was not allowed when Obama was in office. You didn't see celebrities coming out and saying such despicable things, referring to Ivanka Trump in disgusting terms. It was not allowed. And so there's been a lowering of the respect of the office in general, which in, in turn has trickled down, and we're seeing people act in the way that they are acting right now. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Candace, uh, meanwhile, we've got a big announcement on Monday night uh, from the president. He's going to name his next pick to the Supreme Court. There had been Kamala Harris out there saying the president's already shredding the Constitution. Uh, all kinds of Democrats lining up basically to oppose 
this nominee before the person he or she is even named. Dianne Feinstein seemed to go even further. Watch this. American people must know what's at stake in this nomination because overturning Roe would take us back to the days of women being severely injured and dying because they can't get basic medical care. We've come too far to go back to those days. So you listen to that. Democrats finally realizing elections have consequences? Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you guys, but I feel I've grown really immune to this rhetoric every single day. They wake up and they decide what they're outraged out. They tell us it's going to be Armageddon every single day. If Trump wins, the world is going to be over. Mm -hmm. If Trump drinks a Diet Coke, the world is going to be over. <laughs> you know, the Stormy Daniels, the world is going to be over. I think everyone is growing a little apathetic to this, and it just doesn't ring true. It doesn't feel real. It's acting. It's fear-mongering, and they need to stop doing this altogether. Well, it's so true. Job numbers are great. Everything is terrible. We leave the Paris Climate Accord, the world is going to end. I mean, really, when it doesn't come true, you're right. Does the, does the average voter start to see through that? I, I definitely think they are starting to see through that. Look, I see it happening in my mentions. I see it happening online. People are coming out and speaking out and saying that they're leaving the left and that they are growing tired of this rhetoric and this constant fear-mongering. So as I said, in the end, this is ultimately going to help Trump. I think if he ran today, he would win by much larger margins than he did in 2016. Mm, we will see. Midterms coming up, and 2020 will be around the corner before we know it. Candace, it's good to see you this morning. Thanks, Candace. Thank you, Amen. Amen. Uh, Michael, 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 yes. my friend Michael. Um, so tell yes, me, um, I know you're, I know you're coming here. You'll be, you'll be in Arizona with me on July 25th. You'll be endorsing yes, America's toughest sheriff and the biggest celebrity in Arizona history, Joe Arpaio, my good friend. And we're, I'm helping him with his campaign. Yes. We're doing very well. We're going to win this race. Uh, Kelly and the uh, the people in in the primary, uh, Kelly Ward and Martha McSally are rhinos, and we do not want anything to do with them. And uh, I know Michael, that you're doing a lot of uh, different stuff with uh, you know pro-Trump outsider uh, elections and stuff, and you're traveling around. Tell us what's going on. Well, yeah, well, you know, we just left. Uh, we went to Tennessee. We went to North Dakota, and. Uh, before that, we, went, we were in Minnesota with groups of us um, holding up signs black to Trump. And so some of these places Trump is going is perfect because this, this is where people have forgotten about politics because I know, because when I got there, the people heard about me. They just didn't know I actually existed because it was such a remote area way out, like in a prairie somewhere. You wonder how the world did Trump even find him. But he's going out there right. perfectly because white Gentiles make up 74% of the electorate. All we got to do is get them out to vote, and they can't win. And all I am is, a, 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 as a black man, with my brothers and sisters that go out with me, is a beacon of hope and, and happiness to let everybody see that no, Trump is not a racist. That's the only game they got to destroy Trump. And exactly. Black people only 13% of the electorate, so that's not going to help the vote. But to let white brothers and sisters see that, hey, no, we don't believe that. I'm a real black man. See, they're not going to believe Alan West or Condoleezza Rice or none of them because everybody considers them Uncle Tom, even though I don't consider them that. But people in white independence and never Trumpsters and the millennials 
don't see them as real black. Cause, right. You know, I went to jail yeah. with, with Yahweh even though I was found innocent, but I have my and degree he, in jail knowledge. I have never been to jail. You are not a black man. <laughs> I want. I want your. You so, know, you have a. You know, you have a big following. You're you're a, a well known figure right now. You, you're doing. You're involved, and and you're trying to get people to, you know, vote. Uh, vote with you know the right way. You know, get off the plantation. You're trying to get as many blacks to vote Republican and for Trump and for pro-Trump candidates in the Senate and for Congress because this midterms is probably the most important of our lifetime. And, you know, what you're doing right. is great, man. And, and you know, you and I are close. You've been on the show many times. Um, you're a good friend. Sure. And, uh, you know, w- with what you're doing, I love what you're doing. But with this situation, what happened at Whataburger, I mean, what do we do about that? What's your solution? What's your thoughts on that? With the kid well, getting the, the, uh, the is, drink thrown on him. Uh, the solution is Revelation. 11.8, which says, and when they see the two brethren stand together on their feet in unity, a great fear will fall upon them. See that? You have to strike fear in them. And the only fear that everybody fears is when the black man and the white man is in unity. That is the unity the Bible is talking about. Two brethren is Shem and Japheth. Shem is the black Hebrews of, who are the slaves over here in America, and Japheth is the white European Gentiles, according to Genesis 10, 1 through 5. So when them two brethren stand together in unity, nobody can whoop us. I don't care about China and their 200 billion, million man army. I don't care about Russia and, and they, their 42 missiles that they think they're so good at. But when they see the black man and the white man in unity, you can't whoop the black man and the white man when we're in perfect unity. Their only game is to separate me from you, and then they can do that. So like us going up there to, see, to stand beside Ohio on stage and Ted Nugent and all the other guys that are going to perform. Yes, Ted saying, Nugent will be. Ted Nugent. Yep, Ted Nugent will be there with us on July 25th, endorsing our pile. Right. He'll be there endorsing our pile. We got a lot of big people endorsing our pile. Our I, pile I, is going to take this. I got. We got some black stars that's coming up there that are going to perform and everything. And once they see that unity. A great the king, hey, and plus, hey, the god, hey, the godfather, the, the godfather of immigration, and the king of all sheriffs, Arpaio, baby. Yes, sir. Right, Arpaio, baby. So this is the deal. When they see me, they know that they're looking at a real black man. They know that I'm a warrior. I'm not a sucker. You can't, you ain't gonna run up to me and throw no water in my face because you know I'm gonna try to knock your face off. So. When they see, like, Trump, that's how white people have to start being, instead of saying, oh, we don't want any problems, you got to turn into Trump. Trump, like she said, oh, Trump is stupid. Um, Hillary, you're the devil. That's how you got to respond. That's what. That's how Trump is. Once you become like Trump, you know, the yeah. Bible says that, even Yahweh told me that Trump was Cyrus. Cyrus was a great warrior, and he would call the Savior of our people, and God's Messiah. That's in uh, Isaiah 45, the whole chapter of Isaiah 45 talks about this Cyrus that will come back. President Trump is that anointed one. I don't care what nobody says. You can laugh at me. Like they call Yahweh a cult. Now they're calling Trump a cult. You know, the Haitians come over here, now they're a cult. All these, everybody is a cult that's not helping the, the daggone Democrats. But the, the bottom line is, we have to 
uh, stand strong. When they see us stand together in unity, that's all they got to do is see it. Then they can't talk trash. Look what they were going to do to Trump in Arizona. They were going to call him a racist and a Ku Klux Klan and a Nazi party. It was just me that stood up beside him. It changed yep. the whole narrative because they couldn't call him a racist because I'm supposed to be the ultimate black supremacist and he's supposed to be the ultimate mm-hmm. white racist, but we're standing together in unity. What a combination. You understand? And, and, and yeah. both of us are not suckers, somebody that you can just run over. Because if you come up to me hey. talking trash, I'm going to talk more trash back to you. That calms everybody down. <laughs> turn the other cheek hey, at Jesus did. He didn't turn the other cheek. <laughs> Yeah, they talk about Can I ask a question? Yes, sir. I mean, yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, because you're so enthusiastic about Trump, and I love that. And I remember during the campaign, Trump was always saying, you know, this is the lowest unemployment ever. And and he really focused on black um, unemployment and how could he help the people get more jobs and, and have more money and, and, you know, be together and raise their children and all of these get education. And are, are you finding that when you're speaking with other black people that they are seeing the difference that Trump is making with their Sing personal life. lives and their families? Oh, I'm telling you right now, because I'm on, I have my radio station in mind. Yes. Black people, real black people, not the East Indians, Arabs, the Pakistanis who walk around acting like they're black. I'm talking about the actual black people because I know them for real. They come to my party every week. It's, it's 500,000 black people there, and all of them come up to me saying, boy, they love what Trump is doing. Now, the East Indian and Pakistanians try to make it look like we're against white Gentiles. Real black people are not against against you. And, 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 they all, they, and they realize that what Trump is doing is good for us, but we have to we have to understand that him giving us more jobs, he's him yeah. doing all this great stuff for he, I was we, the first black person that a president actually addressed. That night, yeah. the day he said, "Give me a chance. What, what do you have to lose?" Guess who he was talking to me? I'm sitting I'm sitting beside a star right now named Faz Apertino that that's in a group called Moolah Gang that got hit over that's on the radio. These, they were there. We came in with signs black for Trump, and that's when Trump but, made that statement. Listen, give me a chance. He was talking directly to me. You understand? And yep. even Abraham Lincoln only signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Trump actually addressed us while we were sitting in the front row at, what was the name of uh, Miami Night? Not Miami. What was the name of uh, the place we were at? Downtown Miami. Anyway, we were we were there, and Trump said, "What do you have to do?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. We were there. We were there. And Trump actually addressed us, and Trump is the only president that ever addressed black people and, and told us he was going to help them. And guess what? He has kept his promise. You understand? He delivered. So all these people yep. who are there complaining are just fake. They're not real black people. You got to start talking to real black people. You got to acknowledge the real black people, like the ones that stood behind him. We got to acknowledge right. the deplorable. Stop trying to reach out to these demon crafts because they're not going to accept you because most of them don't pay taxes because they are living for free. East Indians get over here and don't even have to pay taxes. They don't have to have business license, operation license, all their stores. They own 87% of all the businesses. They, of well, course, want us to pay taxes, high taxes, because then they can't, we can't compete with them. So they'll be talking about, oh, Trump is a racist. 
He's not a racist. Look how good he's helping black people. Mike, Mike, time's up. Mike, 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 Mike. Time's up. Mike, we're, we're, on a ta- we're on a timer. I do, we do have to run. Every, the show is ending. But, Mike, anything you want to promote, you got like 10 seconds. Go to Dodd2.com. That's Dodd, the number two.com, G-O-D-S, two.com. And you'll see that's the reason why when I stood behind Trump, I was the only one he allowed to have a dot-com stand down so that I could talk to black people Perfect. and my independent white people. So go there and awesome. you'll know what, where I stand and why I stand. Okay. I'm not just some and, and, just standing up there. Okay, Valerie, go ahead real quick. Hi, I'm trying to uh, promote how families can keep their ten kids sec- safe. Ten seconds, Valerie. Valerie, we got to hurry. Safe. It's backyardjihad.com. Okay, perfect. And uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, just look for me uh, coming up on the uh, next Gen USA uh, coming soon. And uh, your Instagram. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Excellent. And everybody can find me at rorysodder.tv. You can visit... uh, please visit uh, the donaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's the donaldjtrumpstore.com. Visit getyourappbuilt.com. Again, that's getyourappbuilt.com. Um, I will – I want to thank all my advertisers, all my supporters. I want to thank everyone. I want you all to have a great night. We will be right back here tomorrow. We have a huge agenda and a lot more to discuss uh, tomorrow. And uh, I'm very excited. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Rory Sodder. God bless everybody. Cheers.